Rob Manfred will be addressing the media today. Will Mike Trout be the Angels starting center fielder in 2022? And we discuss this all with a very special guest on this week's episode of Mike Up the Halo. Episode 34, we are back, back again. Guess who's back? Tell a friend, it's Mike up the Halo. This is Tyler and Jacob. Jacob, say hello to the world. Hello world, hello baseball world. Things are coming to a head, it seems like, maybe. So strap in. It's a fun episode. Get a little something different for you guys. Hope everybody's doing well out there watching your other sports and forms of entertainment. Tyler, how are you this week? I'm doing well. This is a little a little role reversal here. I usually ask you how you're doing, but I'm doing great. Uh, we actually just wrapped up a little interview with a very, very special guest, our first official guest. I know that we had Andre on uh, a few months ago, but this one I'd say is the most official that we can get for the time being anyway. We could get more in the future. Who knows? But we had Lightskin Chris join us, aka Chris Williams, YouTuber, Twitch streamer, the best out there. We were very happy to have him on. We talked about a lot of things like Rob Manford being a clown, uh, favorite angel moments, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, the playoffs, what'll come with 2022, and a whole lot more. Uh, did you have anything to add before we get started with that, Jacob? No, it was a great conversation. Uh, really good to talk to Chris finally. It's a great Twitter. Give him a follow. Uh, really good and informed uh, informed Angel fan. I mean, he, you know, everything he said just really hit home with us because we've all felt the same way the last decade about this team. So it was nice to get a few things off our chest. Um, I don't think we really disagreed on too much. Every, everything, we, we all made good points and... Uh, talked a little about a little bit about MLB the show as well. So for all you uh, video gamers out there, video gamers, game players, yeah, whatever, same thing. All you who follow Tyler probably maybe follow Chris as well. If not, you should. Absolutely, Gooby. Alrighty, well, we'll get into it. Here is our interview with Light Skin Chris. All right, and here we are with the one and only Light Skin Chris, a.k.a. Chris Williams. Chris, how are you doing this fine afternoon? Yo, 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 doing pretty good. Ready to talk some baseball, man. I'm excited. I'm excited for baseball, bro. We need, we need baseball to start on time. We got a big meeting tomorrow, in fact. Yeah, Rob uh, Manclown. In fact, by the time uh, the listeners are hearing this, that meeting will have concluded. Uh, there will be an announcement from Rod Manfred as he'll be addressing the media. So that will be very interesting to hear. I mean, my guess is that uh, he's going to announce that spring training is not starting on time. What, what do you think, Jacob? Uh, first of all, hey, Chris, thanks for joining us. I love your positivity. Uh, there's not much <laughs> of that right now. Uh, you know, I think there is going to be an announcement of some kind of delay or some kind of postponement because they just haven't said anything publicly. Mm. But uh Given Chris's positivity, what do you think? Are they going to announce baseball's back? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm positive towards Rob Manfred, but no, I appreciate you guys for having me on. But I don't know, man. I feel like uh, I feel like they're going to get to a deal um, within the later half of February, but obviously that's a long shot. But you never know. I feel like something can happen towards this later half of the month. You know, Chris, I brought this up on the last episode that uh, spring training will inevitably get delayed. And when it does, it's probably going to happen sometime in March. And 
I feel very sorry for the minor leaguers that could have potentially had the opportunity to come out this year, show the major league staff what they got, potentially get onto the major league roster. Typically for any team, it's like three to three to five guys that are fighting for a spot. But this year, I don't think that's the story. I mean, hot take, but if we get a limited spring training, though, those guys that are on the on the borderline, they're going to be sent to the minor leagues. Uh, we need the major league roster to be getting those reps in. I don't know if you exactly. agree with that. I definitely agree for sure. And I mean, the thing is, sucks about this lockout is you got a bunch of free agents that aren't signed. Then you also have designated hitter being like, are, is a designated hitter going to be in the National League next year? We got to progress on that because then you got all these free agents like that need a sign, like maybe Albert Pujols gets a spot in the National League if the National League does bring DH next year. This yeah, year. definitely. What yeah. do you got to say about that, Jacob? I think I said that maybe five episodes ago. If that happens, I see him going to St. Louis for like the victory lap. Yeah, uh, I see that happening. Exactly. So you're right. Some rule changes do affect players and where they go and GMs and how they build teams. And you're right about the free agents. It's like, or am I going to Arizona? Am I going to Florida? Uh, they don't even know. So a lot of questions need to be answered quickly. Uh, but let's just ask you straight out, you know, what date do you think we're going to start baseball opening day? Mm, that's tough. I look, I feel like we're, what, what's it? It's February 9th. I feel like we're going to get, I don't know. There's a little bit of optimism here. I think they're going to get something by the end of February, but that's obviously, like I said earlier, a long shot. I think this season will start on time and late as late as possible, probably spring training mid-March. Yeah, that's that's about when I see it. And I mean, the, the way things are going right now, like Major League Baseball decided that they weren't going to produce a counter offer to the MLB Players Association and uh, after saying that they would, you know, and then what MLB goes and does is says that we need a federal mediator to get the situation done because no side is budging. When that's not the case, uh, Major League Baseball said they were going to do something and then they backed out of it and they're like, all right, let's get the me the federal mediator, which in most times when a federal mediator is involved, they're going to side with, with the side of business, the side that's going to be making the most money, the side that has had a structure of getting the, what they want for the majority of the time that things have been going the way that they are. So it's it's almost a lose-lose situation for MLBPA. And it at this moment, it doesn't look like they're any in any spot to like, and in, in, in a lack of better words, get a W uh, in regards to negotiations because MLB, P, MLB just won't budge. Rob Manfred won't budge. The owners won't budge. So it's really shitty, man. I mean, I know that you have, like, I, I see almost daily tweets from you, Chris, uh, about how much you hate Manfred, lock him up, throw him in jail, have him resign. He's a clown. <laughs> I mean, if if you saw Rob Manfred on the street right now, what would you say to him? Um, I mean, <laughs> that's funny. I don't even know what I would say. I, I don't, I don't hate the guy to where I was in person. I was, I'll say something disrespectful to his face, but uh, a lot of it's just jokes and a lot of it, some of it is serious. I mean, cause at the end of the day, man, you have in 2020, the season obviously was cut short. Um, 2021 uh we didn't have a full capacity i believe until like midway through the season and so i just want a full season we know what's gonna happen no restrictions to anything 
And then look, you got Otani on the cover of MLB The Show 22. Baseball is growing at a rapid pace, in my opinion. It's growing more than it was in years past. And um, we're at a spot where it's like, come on, let's get to a deal. Let's get baseball going, man. Rob Manfred, I don't know what I'd say to him in person, though, but it's definitely, I would, it wouldn't be too nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one last one for you, Chris, on Manfred. Um, do you think he likes to be hated? Like, do you think he feeds on that energy? Or do you think he sees the growth of baseball that you're talking about with MLB The Show and the international growth as a positive and, and because of him, do you think he takes credit for that and thinks, what are these people thinking? I'm doing all these good things for the game. You know, do you think he just likes the hate or do you think he doesn't understand it? I'd, I think he's going to reside towards the owners, the people that keep him in business. So um, that's basically why right now, um, for example, the situation at hand, um, because the owners are the people that keep him in business. Like I said, um, you can't you can't fire an owner or you can't fire a, a commissioner. The owners can vote to kick him out of the lobby. <laughs> no, but um, Rob Manfred definitely is going to reside towards the owner's side every single time, and that's obviously what we've seen. So that's why I feel, man. I feel like that's what it is. He's just going to be on that side. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. You know, Max Scherzer went to Twitter, uh, which he doesn't normally do. In fact, if I look back at Max Scherzer's Twitter history, his past, I, I want to say six out of the past 10 tweets of his have been regarding Rob Manfred. Uh, we go back to June of 2020. Max Scherzer tweets out, Rob Manfred and the owners are walking back on their word again. The fans do not deserve this. So I'll say it one more time. Tell us when and where. That was when that was when the 2020 season was was delayed. And then now we're in present day 2021, starting five days ago, when uh, it was said that MLB wanted a federal mediator. Max Scherzer says, we don't need mediation because what we are offering to MLB is fair for both sides. We want a system where threshold and penalties don't function as caps, allows younger players to realize more of their market value, make service time manipulation a thing of the past, and eliminate tanking as a winning strategy. All those things sound very favorable to both sides and obviously with the exception of, of money like we want to the owners are going to be like oh well, we're going to lose out money on this but it, it's so fair though it sounds so fair like you're manipulating someone's career from being able to go out and get the bag or seek out talent on another team and then you have teams like the orioles or the pirates just tanking every single year after year and honestly fans in those cities don't deserve to have those kind of teams it just it just sucks like the last time that either of those teams were in the playoffs was like, none of us can remember. I guarantee you, none of us can remember when the last time the Orioles or the Pirates were in the playoffs. I do. <laughs> um, whatever, Chris. I was going to say, I think so, but it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have any, any other questions or any other comments on? No, I think you, here? I, I agree with you, man. Yeah, you knocked that out. It's definitely tough to see this unfold uh, because the lockout's been going for like, I forgot exactly what Rob Manfred said at the beginning of this lockout, but he said something, I don't want to quote him or anything, but this is from what I remember, is I think he said something along the lines of, um, we're going to let the lockout help us progress a deal faster. And I think the MLB has done like maybe five or less meetings in the 60, 70 days that we've been locked out. 
he's they're not trying man they want what they want and that's all they see they just they're not in at all close to what the players association wants it's frustrating yeah i mean after that after that letter to baseball fans from rob manford was announced that there was about 50 plus days of silence nothing regarding let's meet at this time or we'll we'll rehash this out uh in january when you know the holidays are over there was nothing and then all of a sudden Rob Manfred and owners are feeling like they're pressed up against the wall because spring training is supposed to start next week and we don't have a deal yet. It's absolute bullshit. hundred percent, bro. And we Knocked crushed all sure. of Chris's positivity. This is, Hey, I, 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 I could hear him smiling through, through our headphones right now. So yeah, I mean, but, it needs to be said. Yeah, it does. Uh, like that's what people, people want baseball. We want baseball. And if there's no baseball to be had, then we don't have a show. You know, we're just going to have to keep talking is, about old school angel stuff. This is my thing. I, I just, I see them coming to a deal. I, I see a lot of progress being made within the next two to three weeks. Only because you're going to lose more money if you keep holding out. Like fans, I want to go to Arizona. I want to go watch, I want to go watch the angels. And so that's money for Artie Moreno. So, you know what I mean? Um, they're going to be losing more money sitting out. And not getting to a deal. It's it's so frustrating, man. I I hope they get something by the end of February. I think b- both Jacob and I definitely agree with that. I mean, we we loved our trip to spring training last year. It was one of the best times we ever had. And uh, also with limited capacity, that was also fun. But nothing's mm-hmm. better than than a packed ballpark, bro. Like just everybody going ham for the Angels or any team. Like just the energy at the ballpark is just unreal. Spring training mm-hmm. or regular season and playoffs especially. But yeah, man. I definitely. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll lay off the Manfred talk for now because I don't want to completely just be a downer here. But uh, I want to ask. We'll you see what happens, bro. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, so, Chris, you're a YouTuber. Uh, you started on YouTube about uh, two years ago. Was that right? Um, 2020, late 2020. So kind of like a full year in a few months. Nice, nice. Well, that's mm-hmm. awesome, man. I mean, in that time, you've been able to become a YouTube partner, a Twitch partner, uh, an MLB partner. Uh, this this year, in fact, you were you were part of uh, MLB live streams on YouTube. It was one of the first. It's one of the first times that MLB does something like that, where they're having uh, actual baseball games on YouTube. Can you tell us what that was like and uh, how that even came about for you? Um, I can't get into specifics on how that happened, um, but I will say um, that it was definitely fun chatting up. There'd be like sometimes 100,000 people in the stream and you can only have, you have to have a moderated stream. You can't have a public stream because people be saying anything. Um, so they have select few creators or whoever it may be, baseball fans, baseball creators in the chat and it was definitely cool um i love being a part of it uh hopefully i am next year um but i definitely uh enjoyed the youtube games it adds a different perspective um to baseball i don't know if perspective is the word but like there's a lot of young fans that don't watch baseball and this is why the game is i think has been growing the last couple of years there's definitely with the youtube partnership and you know stuff like that He's definitely made the game grow. I do want to see some, you know how football has Nintendo um, or not Nintendo, um, the, the glob, the green. Yeah. Nickelodeon, the green glob, man. That's funny. We need to see that for home runs in baseball, bro. 
That'd be awesome. Or like after a strikeout, someone gets slimed on or something like that. <laughs> we need to see something like that for sure. That'd be pretty sweet. Well, that's awesome, man. I mean, uh, I guess the next question we'd have is what made you become an Angels fan? What um, made you so... join this fandom of very <laughs> miserable, yeah, depressed why? Why, man? Southern California kids? Um, so I'm from Southern California. I live closest to the Angels and my dad, a uh, huge Angels fan, kind of just, you know, went with that kind of how, how it usually goes for, you know, growing up, you probably become the, the same um, fan of the same team that your dad was. So that's how it worked for me. Um, I became a fan. I started really watching baseball. Uh, I think when I was like 10 years old um, in 2010. And then Mike Trout came up in 2011 for a little stint where he wasn't that great. And then 2012, he took off. And after that, he, he really helped me love the game of baseball. He's, he was so good. He's still so good. But he was amazing, man. I, I, went, I went to so many games in, that, in the early half of his career, 2012, 2013. I've gotten multiple autographs from Trout. And I just go into the ballpark is the most amazing feeling, man. I love baseball. I, <laughs> there's nothing like going to a baseball game for sure. So, yeah, my dad was a big part of it. You actually got to go to uh, the last Angels playoff game at Angel Stadium. And I, I believe you and I had talked about it briefly before, but uh, how, how did you feel about that game, going into it and then leaving it that same night? Felt good, man. We're, we're down 1-0 we're down to the Royals, but the, the night before, um, I had a football game, so I wasn't able to watch because my football game was right when the Angels game had started. But game two, I went out for game two. Um, we were down 1-0, but we played well. I think the game went into extra innings in game one. Um, but I think Mike Moustakis hit a go-ahead home run in the 10th inning, I believe. I, I don't remember for sure, but I think that's what happened. Um, next game, Eric Hosmer, um, or was it Moustakis in game two? I'm not sure. But uh, it was either Hosmer or Moustakis hit that go-ahead home run in the eighth inning. And after that, took the life out of the ballpark. I've never heard a ballpark so quiet. And you know how the division series goes. It's three three losses and you're out. It's not a seven-game series. A five game series so the Royals had it going for them they made every catch in that in that uh in that series and it was definitely a frustrating one but then they went on to win the world series the next year i believe in 2015 so they definitely built a good team there in kansas city for those couple of years and uh it wasn't a fun it wasn't a fun experience though man at least for <laughs> towards the later half of the of the game it, it sucked for sure yeah, man. I mean, Jacob and I, we went to a lot of Angels games uh, this past season, and there were a lot where we're in the sixth or seventh, and Jacob's stripping in my ear like, dude, if they allow one more run or if this guy gets on base, we're out of here. Like, I don't care. We're done. Like, I'm tired of it. And, you know, being an Angel fan, sometimes you, you get to that boiling point, at, like, especially recently, like year after year, the lack of starting pitching, uh, the lack of bullpens. It's it's rough, man. Being an Angels fan, what do you think? It's, it's... yeah. I I remember specifically the games Chris was talking about. Uh, I said the Royals were going to win the World Series that year, and when I was wrong, when they were back in the playoffs the next year, I said for sure they're going to take it. It was a tough team for those two years. Uh, yeah, I mean, he seems like he totally understands our our pain. I mean, anybody who remembers the last decade of Angels baseball understands. So when you came in, you said twenty ten 
while it was exciting at the end of their kind of AOS reign there, it was just mm-hmm. turmoil upcoming. And here we are. After 2010, there's not much to be happy about except maybe 2012, where we fell a couple games short. 2015, if you guys remember that final battle against the Rangers, uh, might have been 2015 or 2016, but remember that game when Eric Ibar hit that go-ahead or game-tying homer and then TJ Crone yes, up the yes, middle? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I that was, was 15, yeah. And Josh Hamilton hit a homer in that game as well. And then the next game, we go up 2-0, 2-0. Pujols hits a two-run bomb, and then boom, we lose that game in the season. Haven't made the playoffs since 2014. That was the closest that we were to the playoffs. 2015, man. It's, it's a long time now. Oh, man. Uh, I, dude, th- th- this episode is becoming a bummer, man. I, I, <laughs> I like it, though. I like it, though. That's, what, it. that's how it is as an Angels fan, man. Oh, one more thing I want to say. That series, though, against the Royals was also tough because the Angels had the best record in the league in 2014. Mm. They were dominant, man. But then we lost G. Rich in that Red Sox uh, matchup at, at Fenway. And that kind of just killed us, man. We had Matt Shoemaker, rookie, who had pitched really good that year, but... Just wasn't enough pitching. CJ Wilson got absolutely freaking smacked by the Royals in game three. And that was the end. That was it, man. That was it. Pain. Yeah. Nothing Garrett Richards uh, still can't pitch at Fenway, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's out there now. Still still blowing games. Hopefully on a, on a better ankle than 2014. But yeah, damn. That, uh, pain. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about it. Well, I got one. I got one to lighten the mood. All right. Um, Chris, you're big in MLB The Show. I got to ask, what was your first MLB The Show game? Do you remember the year? Yeah, MLB The Show 06. Um, Damn. There you go. David Ortiz on the cover. My dad had a PlayStation 2, and that's kind of how I got into the show, was playing up, playing against him. And, uh, you know, I bought every year after that, and then it just became a game that I played a bunch of hours in every single year, and then I... Last year, I figured, you know what, during the pandemic, why not just start making videos? And that's how, that's how it went about. Yeah, it's like a natural transition. You've been playing for so long. Do you think yeah. it's the best it's ever been now? Or was there a point in the past where you liked the game better? Definitely 21 is up there with one of the best MLB The Show games. My favorite was MLB The Show 16. But looking back, that game was pretty smooth then, but nothing compared to 21. They get better every single year. The worst one, though, was 18. That game was so freaking bad. I stopped playing in the first month. But since then, things have gotten better every year, and I hope that's the case for 22 is it just keeps getting better. Yeah, you know, when you got a Yankee on the cover, you you really can't expect to – game to be that great so i facts i know, man. I know that, jacob's a little mad about that but i mean i'm not a huge <laughs> judge fan so i won't i won't disagree <clears throat> Jeez, honestly for me i'm gonna be the show uh i've been playing it since uh ryan howard was on the cover um 2016 is probably second place for me as well as one of my favorites and then this year man it, it just it just went off i mean freezes uh, bad PCI checks. You can you can go ahead and forget about those. The game's fun. Uh, the hype for it coming into this year is fun. 
or sorry for 2021 and then this year is just going to be even better like we got shohei otani man the goat on the freaking cover that being said though i am a little scared that like with shohei being on the cover he may have a down year i don't like and jacob and i have actually talked about this we're not so certain that shohei can replicate what he did in 2021 and translate it into 2022 uh for the mlb the show side of things everybody who's been on the cover recently has usually had a bad follow-up year but that aside chris do you think shohei's gonna have the same if not better year that he did this that he did last year going into this 2022? is this is my thing is his expectations now are so high to where if he has a good season it probably would be you know talked about as a bad season he had an amazing year. Like what he did was amazing. Struck out over a hundred batters. He hit 48 home runs. I think the guy was amazing. It's hard to do that again. Do I think he can? I think he can, but it's, you need a lot of things to go right and you need to stay healthy. And you also need a lot of things to go right for your team as well. I think he can do it again, but also if he hits 32 home runs and strikes out a hundred batters, yeah, it wasn't as good as the last year, but I think he's still going to put up insane numbers. The guy has insane power. He doesn't even try, and he hits home runs. It's crazy. Yeah, I think you have to remember to just keep comparing him to other frontline starting pitchers in the league whenever you start to forget. You know, you're right. The season is going to be tough to replicate. Uh, until somebody else starts hitting any home runs while starting that many games and striking out that many batters, I don't think there's a conversation. But I agree. People are going to say he's falling off if he doesn't keep up the standard. Exactly. That's how it always goes. And I hate that, but I feel like if he keeps, because he's on the cover of MLB The Show 22, he's got the whole world's looking at him. He's the spotlight of everything now, face of baseball. Um, so I just hope he takes that well and plays well, man. I want him to have a good year and I hope he does. Dude, how quick of a transition was it that Tatis was supposed to be the face of baseball going forward, and then Otani just comes in and absolutely knocks him out. Yeah, that was I was thinking about that when I was when I just said Otani was the face of baseball. But hey, it happens; it changes quick. Like we we don't even talk about Mike Trout as the face of baseball anymore, and it just changed in like a year or two years, man. So it can happen quick. I mean, it's been like that ever since Trout came. Like you go back to 2011, every single year, Mike Trout was never considered the face of baseball. It would be, oh, is it? Bryce Harper or is it Mike Trout? Yeah. Is it Mookie Betts or is it Mike Trout? Is it Christian Yelich or is it Mike Trout? Like it's always changing. Mike Trout's always the constant, but then there's always these guys that have one-off good years. And all of a sudden it's like, well, who is it now? And I'm sure it would be a, a contest between Trout and Shohei going through this year because Trout was going off in 2021, at least when he was healthy. As soon as he pulled that calf, that's obviously when that ship ended, but... I feel like Mike Trout and Shohei would have been duking it out for who's going to get that MVP had Trout stayed healthy the entire season. Yeah, and I got a question for you guys. I want both of you guys to answer this one. I see a lot of people saying Trout is injury prone. What are you guys' thoughts on on that? I mean, I think he's going to get more injury prone as he gets older, but I wouldn't think of him as that. I, we looked at his games played every year recently. Uh, there was a crazy stat. Somebody said Aaron Judge played more games than Trout the last four years or something. 
Uh, I don't wouldn't call him that, but then again, that's not on the top of the list of things you think of when you think of Mike Trout. Tyler, what do you think? I don't think Mike Trout's injury prone. I think he's been injured significantly twice in his career. And other than that, any other time, like any other year, like you'll see if he doesn't play a full like 162, obviously I don't think he has played a full 162, but let's say he doesn't play more than 140 games. Usually you're at the end of the season. Usually the Angels aren't anywhere near playoff contention. You don't want to risk putting Trout out there for the last three or four series that you want to play. Shut him down. Make sure he's healthy for the next season. He's not injury prone. It's just the Angels are being smart. They, they did the same thing with Shohei. Why Why have Shohei go out there and pitch one last start when he's already done enough this season? We're not making the playoffs. Just shut him down. Shut his arm down, rather, and, you know, play it safe. I think that's, like, and Mike Trout's been getting hated on all his life because he's not as eccentric as uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., you know? Like, and that's fine. Mike Trout just likes to play baseball. Mike Trout lets his talent and like personality show through playing baseball. He doesn't have to go and be in every single commercial or do bat flips or, you know, like you see how hyped he gets when, when shit's going right, especially when they make the playoffs. You see that playoff video of him just freaking hyping up everybody looking like he's a freaking G. I don't know, man. I think people just like to hit on Mike Trout because he is the best. And, it, and the same goes for anybody in any sport. If you're really good at what you do, you're going to have haters. A thousand percent. Um, that's definitely what I wanted to hear, too, because there's just a lot of people that every year, oh, Trout's injury prone, Trout's this, Trout's that. But really what it is is he had that that um, finger injury um, where he broke his finger um, against the Marlins uh, in 2016, I believe that was the year. Um, Might have been 2017. And then this year, the hamstring injury was tough. But you think about all the injuries that Mike Trout has had in his career. They've more been, let me shut you down and give you surgery. And we're not going nowhere. So let's not bring you back. The season's already over. I feel like Trout, if the Angels were in a playoff run last season, like if they were a couple games back, Trout would have definitely been back um, by the end of the season. But it's a hamstring injury. The season's over. Why? Why risk it? You know you know what I mean? Yep. I agree because you had Rendon out as well and just other things not falling into place, not buyers at the deadline. Um, and one other thing I'll add about Trout is that you have to remember, comparing him and injuries to somebody like Mookie, I mean, this is a big body we're talking about. There's a lot of things going right every single time he takes a swing. A lot of things could go wrong. And when he's given 100% effort, diving for balls and everything like that, it's it's going to happen. He's a big, heavy body, so that's a lot different than a, a smaller guy. Yeah, a thousand percent. I see. I don't know, man. He's going to be 31 in August, so oh. he we've got like a decade or maybe hopefully more of Mike Trout left. I just uh, – is it time to move him to left field? Oh, I was I was just about to ask oh, you this. Boy. I was just Let's about go. to ask you this. Jake is ready to, ready to throw blows, but uh, <laughs> Chris, do you think Mike Trout will – have the starting center fielder job throughout the entirety of 2022 this is the thing you have brandon marsh and joe adele two young you could classify them as center fielders i know adele has played right field but this is the thing trout can still play a good center field but if he can take the role of left field and kind of you know ease up 
ease up how much he's running around and you guys know the difference between center field and left field if you've played baseball it's it's a complete it's a huge difference so basically what i'm saying here is um i would love to see mike trout still play center field because that's how i've always watched mike trout play and i love seeing him in center field but i wouldn't be mad you got the trout farm in left field i think unless i already took that away (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so definitely you can you can throw trout in left field and while he's 31 especially after the hamstring injury and i'd be fine with it because brandon marsh plays a nasty center field what do you say to that jacob i mean short answer i i agree with you my whole thing is i think he had one more year left uh you're talking about the range and stuff like that i think injuries in the corner also like going over the wall is is an issue but as far mm-hmm. as pulling something and going all out and you're right about Marsh. I think Marsh is definitely the future for us in center. And at, at this point, Adele and Wright, I can't argue with either. So I uh, don't hate it. I think he will start in center. And if there is any sign of wear and tear, uh, maybe you're right. They do move him over midseason. I'd be fine with that because it's better than having Justin Upton going out there and yeah. jogging to a fly ball and then oh, freaking throwing a floater up in the air letting a runner all the way at second score garrett anderson 2.0 pretty much just just an up the man i i I don't know i if what i would do is either make him you can't make them you can't make him the dh because you got otani at dh but i i don't want i don't want justin upton i don't want him he strikes out every single at bat and, and with an occasional home run like i don't we already have that with Joe Adele, and he's faster, and he hustles more. He might play, he might make some stupid plays out there, but he hustles more, at least from what I can see. Justin Upton, man, it might be time to let him go. That's how, that's how I feel. He's getting paid a lot of money, though. Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't mind it being another pool hole situation where we just have better guys ready to go out there, and why are we going to stifle their progression? Why are we going to make them sit on the bench for someone who is getting paid a lot of money but isn't putting out the production value that we expected. I think we got to go the same route as Pujols in that regard. Yeah, that's that's right. I think Adele has something to play for where uh, Upton really doesn't. And I think if we aren't in the playoff race, hopefully this isn't the case, but I think that's exactly what will happen, like a Pujols situation. Maybe not to L.A., but somebody in the race that can pick him up, especially if... Like we mentioned at the beginning, if the National League gets the DH, he would fit in anywhere. Yeah, and there would definitely be people on the market for a power hitter like that. Like, he can still hit home runs, but other than that, he's going to strike out like 150-plus times for sure if, yeah. if he plays a full season without getting injured. So, yeah, he was good with the Detroit Tigers. That's why Epler dished out a bunch of money to him. But I don't know. He, he's he's only getting older. He's getting slower, and he's striking out more. And I would rather go with the young, the young guy. Yeah, it's a perfect example of a guy I was a big fan of before he came to the Angels. That's just another one. That's how it goes most of the time. I mean, same thing happened with uh, Josh Hamilton. He was crushing bombs out there in Texas. Same thing happened with Tim Lincecum, two-time Cy Young Award winner before coming to the Angels. Uh, Matt Harvey, the Dark Knight. We shouldn't talk about Matt Harvey right now with all that going on, but yeah. you know, you know, you know, man. Hey, Chris, uh, I know that you got to run in a second, but I'll throw some rapid fire questions at you, and then we can call it here. Sound good? Yeah, we can. Yeah, there's a couple things I want to talk about too. Yeah, by all means, go for it. Let's let's hear it. Um, so I want to ask you guys, uh, who's who's your favorite prospect in the Angels system? 
Well, for me, I really like Sam Bachman. Uh, recently signed him in the 2021 draft. I know he was signed as a as a reliever. Uh, there's talks about stretching him out into a starter. I wouldn't mind him coming up in the bullpen because we need all the all the pitching help we can get in the bullpen, otherwise known as the Angels' blow pen. Um, I think Sam Bachman has a really good fastball, a nasty breaking ball, and he there's a reason why he was picked instead of Kumar Rocker, and you know that came to fruition for the Mets when they realized that Kumar Rocker didn't want to commit to a physical, and subsequently did not end up getting completely drafted and now has to wait till next year for the draft. Uh, I think we made the right move with Bachman. I don't want him uh, accelerated up to the big leagues like we did with Reed Detmers. I think that was a mistake, but at the time we needed it because we literally didn't have anybody else to come out and pitch because both Patrick Sandoval and Griffin Canning broke their backs. So uh, that's who I'd go with, probably Sam Bachman. What about you, Jacob? Well, you just shat on my answer completely. It was a cop-out answer, but it was going to be Reed Deadmers because I think <laughs> if if we don't get more pitching help, we are going to see him again. I think we're going to see him this year. I, I just don't see an option. You can't bank on Canning, and you can bank on Sandoval, but then he's our only lefty. So I, I think we're going to see him again. I We saw flashes of, I don't want to say brilliance, but I mean, obviously in the minors, he was tearing it up. But... We're going to need him to step it up and be one of the lefties in the rotation. I'd like two lefties in the rotation, Chris. I'm a big fan of that. So we, we need to have him have a big step forward year, uh, like what Canning had a couple years ago, and then just didn't take any more steps. But hopefully that's not the case with him. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I love Detmers, and I hope he pans out. And I love Bachmeyer, Backmeyer, however you say his name. He throws gas. Uh, I would love to see him out of the bullpen. I feel like the Angels have had really bad luck with Tommy John. <laughs> so I'd love to see him out of the bullpen. Don't stretch him out as a starter. But my favorite prospect in the Angels system right now is I love Jeremiah Jackson. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Yep. Um, I think he's going to be starting this year off in double A. This is another thing about spring training. He would have been stretched out this spring. He has some really, really good numbers in the minors. I'm telling you, this guy, this kid is going to be good. I watch, I've been keeping an eye on him since we drafted him. He has really, really good power. Jeremiah Jackson going to be a good, he, he's a shortstop. Second baseman can play the infield and we need a starting shortstop right now. So I really am watching, keeping a close eye on Jeremiah Jackson. Yeah. I mean, he'd be competing with uh, Tyler Wade, Andrew Velasquez, both uh, picked up from the Yankees uh, this off season. Uh, also, Luis Renjifo, the fugitive. It's going to be a battle. I mean, and especially if we're not going to get another like top tier free agent shortstop, there's still Trevor Story out on the market. God forbid, but there's still Carlos Correa. Uh, Carlos Correa seems more like the arty move, but I don't know if he wants any more controversy given all the stuff that he has to deal with already. Getting a guy like Carlos Correa, certified cheater. I just don't know, man. Uh, would you want that money spent on another shortstop instead of another arm? Because the, I feel the, like the only other arms out there right at this time would be getting a trade for Luis Castillo from the Reds or picking up free agent Carlos Rodon, who has been injury prone. Yeah, um, I feel like um, there's definitely a possibility the Angels go out and sign um, Carlos Correa. There was a pitcher for on, on Christmas, and his I don't know who exactly was, but one of his family members wearing an Angels jersey. Yeah. That yeah. was kind of weird to me. So that is very sus. That was really weird. So there's definitely talk um, with the Korea to Anaheim movement. 
to be honest, man, I don't want to throw three hundred million at Correa, but if it happens, then the lineup he he's still a good hitter. Like you take a look at his numbers last year, and they were really good. And obviously, they weren't cheating last year, so he's still a good player. Angels are going to have the best lineup in the league. They already have a top three lineup. I yeah. wish more people would recognize that. I always say the lineup, if healthy, one through nine is ace. I mean, it really is. But yeah, I. My next question was going to be more, are you able to cheer for the guy on an individual level? I know he'll be helping the team, but are you able to be happy for the guy and his accomplishments? I, I still, I guess I'm still bitter, but once he's on the team, I'll probably be singing a different song. Um, my thing is, is his, I, like I said, last year, Carlos Correa had really good numbers. And to me, kind of proved the haters... I wouldn't say wrong. I mean, he, yeah, he did cheat, but kind of still proved to us he's a good player. So Carlos Correa is still a good player, and I feel like he's going to put up great numbers no matter right. what. I think my answer to that personally would be very different if he cheated and, like, let's say won the batting title with it or won, you know, most home runs with it or something. It's it's the fact that they use it to win the whole thing that is just so tough to get over for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that was a good point I heard. I forget where it was. It was some tweet. But it was like, if he used it for an individual accolade, then it wouldn't have been that big of a deal anymore, I don't think. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's, yeah. Correa definitely embraced the role of the heel uh, with this season, and e even the season after. I mean, he he's maintained his talent level all the way through since the whole cheating scandal and i mean you get carlos correa in the playoffs the dude's gonna go off and that's kind of something that we need if we want if we even want to stay competitive in the playoffs along with pitching we need someone that's not going to choke and go over every time like let's say justin upton for example if we do get to that point i'd rather have correa in that spot than justin upton hands down definitely a shortstop away from contending like we're not going to contend with Luis Renjifo at shortstop I'm sorry but Luis fucking Renjifo man <laughs> the experiment's over like he's not going to pan out to be anything to what we thought he was going to be yeah he's a good utility guy maybe called from AAA uh, if you need him for a couple of games but he strikes out too much um, he just hasn't panned out I have I don't think he's going to be too good hot takes hot takes with white skin Chris man it's not that hot. I agree. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of Angel fans obsess over these. It's kind of like the Socha um, vibe. They obsess over these little sh uh, shortstop um, switch hitters. And me, it's like the Meister Sturis, the, the Eric Ibars. That's the social world we're living in. Like, I'm sorry, but there's not too many more of those uh for example um so yeah Luis your Renhif short stops now are big big guys mm -hmm. yeah they're not they're not little anymore they're like david Eckstein, you know short as can be but now we got six foot five six foot six six foot seven short stops out there sometimes yeah down. and like we do have wander franco switch hitter but i think he's isn't he related to ibar i believe he is so I, I saw something about that yeah that's very interesting. And he doesn't fit your prototypical 2022 nice shortstop too. either, but. And he's, he's a, he's big. Out. Like he's, he's got muscle. 
Yeah. But, oh yeah. But at the end of the day, the Angels need a shortstop this year, and I think we need another pitcher. I would love for one of these young guys to pan out. I don't know how I feel about Jose Suarez. I know Joe Madden said he's going to be a starter. I don't know how I feel about Reed Detmers. He didn't look that great, but obviously you can't judge. It's he's you can't really judge his full potential yet. Yeah, yeah. you just can't trust him. That's the problem. You need a reliable, <laughs> reliable lefty. Yeah, I one agree. of them is going to have to be in the bullpen because we we only have one lefty in the bullpen right now as it stands with Aaron Loop. I, I'd love to piece, see, but mm-hmm. I'd love to see Jose Suarez out of the bullpen. I feel like he can be a good three, a good one to two inning long reliever. But I don't want to see Jose Suarez as a starter. I'm sorry, but uh, I've, I just I'm not sold on him. I'm really not. Yeah, there was comparisons between him and Sandoval, and I didn't think that was even comparable myself no. like sandoval's light years ahead yeah, i mean sandoval almost threw a no hitter this year could have had a shutout but madden was like nope you're done <laughs> and then sandoval went and broke his back so angels moment the most angels thing that could have possibly happened man injuries well uh i guess one final question chris how do you feel about joe madden joe madden great manager go oh, you know what let's <laughs> <laughs> Cut it, cut it. The game is (laughs) the Joe Madden, good manager. The game has changed. It's changed a lot. He, it's not 2015, 2014. It's not the game has changed. It's it's plain and simple. You need look at Gabe Kepler of the San Francisco Giants. Young, young, young manager. And makes what I would think of great decisions. I like uh, some of the moves he he makes. I, I think he's a good manager. Joe Madden, he's older. Um, there's definitely some times where he'll go the old school route and let's say leave this pitcher in for seven innings and he might end up getting shelled in that seventh inning when the analytics kind of tell you it, we're more in the, the age of let's take this guy out in the fifth or sixth inning. I like seeing pitchers go. But Joe Madden definitely has had some really questionable pitching changes, but I still think he's a good manager. I think Jacob can definitely attest to the questionable pitching changes, especially when it yeah. comes to uh, the boy Steve Ciszek coming into the game. Dude, it's like he loved it. I don't get every game I saw Steve Ciszek pitching. I, I I stopped watching the trash because the guy sucked. There you go. There, there. thank you. That's, that's our answer there. Made I don't know the why they kept pitching him, man. I really don't know why. He should have been cut. Like weeks weeks ago months ago but he, he was there i have damn whole season yeah he was there all season i mean and, and despite all those runs that he gave up he maintained a, a high two era i think he ha- he had one of the best eras in the angels bullpen but a lot of those runs were obviously uh inherited, his, inherited so his don't don't look at era bro i'm telling you steve ciszek well you already know but he he was not good last year that guy got lucky (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say for all the time he got playing he got lucky i don't know if he's still in the bullpen for 2022 if he is i mean we're hoping for a c set c redemption here gotta gotta hope for it i mean gotta hope that everybody in the angels bullpen comes out strong and and does well i like c shek as a low leverage guy i'm not saying he's a horrible major leaguer but joe madden bring this guy in the sixth seventh inning eighth inning with like a one two run lead yeah, stop. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Didn't know when to use him. Didn't know how to use him. 
didn't know when to take him out. Well, Chris, yep. did you have any final thoughts or questions uh, before we wrap up here? Um. Yeah. What's What do you guys think? Basically, what do you guys think about the Angels this upcoming season? Do you guys think eighty win season, ninety win season? You guys think we're going to make the playoffs? I I think there's a chance at the wild card. I think we get ninety. We crack ninety wins this year, um, and we'll be duking it out with the. Oakland Athletics, and I'm hoping that will prevail because they're they're abandoning ship with everybody. Uh, I don't think the Rangers will have to worry about too much. Um, I think the Athletics, or sorry, the Astros will win the division, but we'll be coming in there for the wild card and hope for the best, man. I th- we'll definitely have a better year than we did in 2021, but it's still questionable depending on the acquisitions that we get once the once the lockout is over. Uh, if my decision will change or not. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, we're in the same ballpark, pun intended. I think they're going to take a step forward. I don't know if I see two steps. Uh, Maybe, yeah, playoff contender. And if there's expanded playoffs and we don't make it, then just end it all. Yeah. Because if they allow 16 teams in, yeah, come on. So, yeah, I'm thinking 90 is possible. I definitely think 90 is possible. But we need to stay healthy. And the biggest thing for the Angels, and you guys know as Angels fans, is April is the biggest month for the Angels. Sometimes you start off, they start off good in April, and then they'll fall off. Sometimes they'll start off really bad in April, and then they can't get their way up because they got hot in the middle of the season, and they end one game back. So April's huge. We need to have a good April, stay healthy. If we have a good April and stay healthy, we can make the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I mean, this year we were in first place in the ALS in April. The, the mm-hmm. Athletics didn't get a win till I don't know two weeks in, so things were looking good. Obviously, things ended way differently, but honestly, I'm I'm a little concerned about the Seattle Mariners. I think they're going to be the ones that we're duking it out with for second place going forward, and the bottom of the barrel is going to be the A's and the Rangers. Yeah, I don't A's know the de- Rangers. I don't know making moves <laughs> too. We'll see. Yeah. The A's, I see them at the cellar because mm-hmm. no more Bob Melvin. Matt Olson's probably going to get traded. Matt Chapman's probably going to get traded. I think they're going to go and rebuild that team. Yeah, it's Moneyball time. Billy Bean coming out of hibernation. Matt Olson definitely getting traded. Like, I don't see them. They're not going to dish out. Dude, that guy's like the top three first baseman in the league. They're not mm-hmm. dishing out that type of money to him. Yeah. So 100%. he's going to. The I see that <laughs> he would hit like fifty bombs with them, bro. Yeah, <laughs> short porch. that short porch. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. boy, that would be nasty. And you're right. I think Chapman wants out shortly after. Definitely. Yeah, I I see them. You know, trading him. He I don't know if he's as much worth of Matt Olson, obviously, but they can get some nice pieces for him. Definitely some young prospects. Yeah, he's a great defender. Platinum platinum Glover, platinum award winning. Great fielder, decent hitter, I'd say. Definitely. Well, Chris, it's been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate you for coming on. I know we've been talking about it for quite some time since uh, you know, we started talking the shit on YouTube and getting to know each other. I really appreciate you for coming on. Did you want to plug any of your socials or anything? Uh, where can people find you out there in the world? Yeah, man, just uh, light skin, Chris. I appreciate the love and um, you and Jake for having me on. But uh, 
I wish there was more to talk about. Right now we're in that dead spot where there's, you know, no deal. We don't know. We don't know the freaking the the roster uh, going into um, the upcoming season. Twenty six man roster now, right? Yeah, I mean, we're hopefully we'll find out. Uh, I'm I'm almost one hundred percent positive that Maffert's going to come out tomorrow and say that there's a delay, and uh, you know everyone's going to be up in arms, but we'll be ready to cover it. And of course, you're always welcome back on the show anytime when there's a lot more to talk about. We can definitely uh, get you back on here and just get that all talked out. Yeah, I'd love to come back on and, and and talk some Angels baseball as we get closer to the upcoming season and, you know, we start to see some stuff unfold. But, yeah, man, I hope it starts soon. Like I said, I hope we get something – hope they get something done by the end of February and then spring training starts in March. All right, Chris, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll see you when the regular season starts, man. Yeah, man, thanks for having me on. It's been cool talking Angels. Hopefully next time we got more to talk about. Obviously right now it's – kind of nothing going on but hopefully the angels can make the playoffs this year as well and we can all be happy angels fans together right yeah man instead of the the down and the <laughs> in the dumps angels <laughs> exactly so yeah appreciate you and jake for having me on you guys keep killing the podcast and uh you guys take care appreciate you man take Thanks, care chris take it easy man oh man was that fun that that chris man that guy chris everybody loves chris chris is a good guy how'd you feel about it jacob it was good he's like i said before the interview very well spoken and uh like i said he he knows how we feel yeah and uh seems to know baseball pretty well too well now that we've wrapped up with chris we do want to bring up a little bit of a somber note unfortunately uh we in Halo Nation, have lost a friend, and he, he's still alive, thankfully, uh, but he has left us, left the organization, broadcaster for nearly 20 years, for 20 years exactly, on the dot, uh, Jose Moda, and uh, we love Jose, I got to see Jose many times going to Angel Stadiums, have, have, have a couple pictures with him as well, uh, we love quoting Jose and a lot of things that he says, and uh, it's going to be really tough to... Uh, you know, not hear his voice once again or see his face in the pregame show. Yeah, to an outsider who maybe never watched him, you know, you could say he's bland, you could say he's kind of all fact, but, man, he just never failed to deliver, uh, never took a day off, was always down there in the shit, on the field during the hot days while Gooby was kicking it up in the air conditioning with whoever was the current play-by-play guy. So you got to give him a lot of credit for that, always getting down to the questions, in there with the the families of, of players as well up in the stands, just doing all the dirty work as far as media down there. So give it up to him. Uh, we're sad about where he's going uh, because he's leaving, but he's not leaving. Yeah, so uh, now that we address that we're sad about it, now we can address that we're angry because he's headed over to just across the freeway over to Chavez Ravine in Los Angeles. He's headed to the Los Angeles Dodgers organization. Uh, I don't, I'm not specific, or I'm not sure specifically what role he will be filling there. I do imagine that he will be making significantly more money uh, out there in LA. Otherwise, why not just stay here? And I think uh, having been here for 20 years, he's pretty much done everything that he can do with the Angels organization as far as broadcasting go, goes. You know, he's up in the booth, he's down on 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 the field, he's on the radio show. Uh, he, he's just about done it all. So it was time for him to uh, get out there, start a new adventure, and I'm excited to see uh, how it continues out there in Los Angeles. Yeah, I imagine Jose Moda got a Christmas present this past Christmas, an envelope under the tree from Santa Claus, and he opens it up, and it's a job offer from the Dodgers. 
And at the bottom, it says, signed AP. That's a little Albert Pujols Christmas gift that he uh, worked some magic for Jose, got him a nice fat contract up in some air conditioning, hopefully, in Chavez Ravine. 30 miles, seven hours up the five freeway. So <laughs> uh, good luck with that, Jose, if you're still staying in Newport. Um, every day driving that's going to be brutal. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be nice. To me, at least, we're still going to be able to see him on TV and stuff around. You know, it's, I'll, I'll watch Dodger games now and now and again just because the the timing's right with the seven o'clock starts. But yeah, wish we wish him the best. I'm curious who's going to replace him um, on down on the field. I assume there'll be somebody else out there. Um, I guess Kent French comes to mind, and uh, who's the other one? Patrick O'Neill. Patrick O'Neill will be up in the booth with uh, with Gooby on games at. Uh Matt Vaskirjan won't be calling, so maybe Patrick O'Neill goes down oh, to the field that, in, in that scenario. Is it sorry? Is that confirmed? Yes, it's been confirmed. Patrick O'Neill is going to be the play-by-play guy. When, Patio, play-by-play. That's, that's not good. I'm sorry. We're Ducks fans here, so Patio being part of the uh, the Kings team is yeah. a little rough for us to swallow. Cam uh, French, however. Uh, pre-game guy, post-game guy for the Ducks, so we'll probably be seeing a lot more of him as well, given that Jose is uh, headed up the freeway. I but mean, who knows? Yeah, objectively, they're both not very good. Like, my subjective point is is I'm not a huge fan of Patrick O'Neill just because of the Kings thing, but play-by-play for baseball, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll give him a chance. I don't want to. I don't want to be too rough, but... You know, we go through the interviews last year of who we're going to bring in to do play-by-play, and we land on patio this year. It's just like, okay. We'll see how it goes. I mean, we, maybe we, I'm being pessimistic. We've I don't been know. through a lot, man. We, we had Sutton. We had Waltz. We had Patio. Now we're starting off with Patio, and we'll see uh, if Matty V can call some more games since he's not going to be part of Monday Night Baseball anymore. Well, Sunday Night Baseball. My apologies. Let's be honest. If, if Patio or anybody in that booth isn't doing well, Gooby's not going to have anything of it, so he'll he'll take care this of it. This is true. So this we'll is see true. soon enough. Well, fellas, that'll wrap it up for us here today. We hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, it was definitely a lot of fun for us. We got to talk with Chris for a solid 45 minutes. And, uh, yeah, any final thoughts, Jacob? Uh, not too much. Everybody keep an eye out today for the announcement of nothing, but at least Manfred's going to say something. So There was a tweet tweeted yesterday by John Heyman when we wrapped up this episode uh, that MLB is planning to make a new proposal following the owner's meeting, which ends tomorrow. In, in this case, it, it'll be today while you're listening to it. It is expected to involve core economic issues, and hope remains that it could trigger something to get a deal done on time for the regular season to begin as scheduled or close. By core economics, hopefully that means the $100 million they're apart right now. It's also John Heyman tweeting it, so I would take this with a very, very, very small grain of salt. And uh, we'll, we'll let you know what happens in the next episode because tomorrow, uh, today we'll find out that, this, that the season's going to be delayed and uh, what's to come of it. So keep your eyes peeled for that. As always, we appreciate you all for listening. Make sure you go subscribe. Uh, check out Chris on all social media platforms at LightSkinChris. Uh, make sure to follow us at MikeUpTheHalo on Twitter, Instagram. We have a TikTok. We don't post on it yet, but we'll get there. And uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks. Enjoy, Enjoy the Super Bowl. Oh, well. yeah. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Coming up. Mike up that baby. Mike that baby up. Like that baby up. Big fly. Absolutely. Goodbye, Jose. We love you, Jose. Do it.